Hey everyone, how's it going? Adrian here from But Why of the Podcast, and today we're bringing you a special episode with coverage from DreamCon 2019. I had the opportunity to chat with voice actor Kyle Haber, who has over 500 voice credits, which include one of my personal favorites, Adult Gohan from Dragon Ball Z. Before you listen, excuse the background noise and some of the cuts. Kyle was kind enough to let me interview him while he was at his booth, and to be courteous to other fans, I stopped throughout to let him speak and sign autographs. Other than that, I hope you enjoy the interview as much as I did. Hello and welcome back to another exclusive episode of But Why the, the Podcast. Today we are on day three of DreamCon here in Waco, Texas, and I'm here with Kyle Habert, the voice of Gohan, uh, Ryu, uh, so many others I can't even think and like list them all. But obviously if you've listened to the podcast before, you know that I am a Gohan stan through and through. So we're going to be just kind of talking about some things that um, I'm curious about. He's done so many panels here today over the weekend um, that I needed just to kind of chat and see so you guys can hear all the great stuff that I've been hearing basically all weekend from Kyle. Cool. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm having a great time here at the con and uh, yeah, looking forward to, to see what's on your mind here. Yeah, so I mean, just, just straight and, and foremost, we've talked a little bit about like what our site is about and what our podcast is about. And I'm just curious, like what got you into the geek world, the nerd world? Because you seem to be through and through a nerd to oh, the yeah. fullest. So what, what, what sparked that interest? Full frontal nerdity probably started when Star Wars came out and I was a kid in 77. But uh, watching cartoons before that, that really planted the seed that doing that sort of thing as a job like what I can voice cartoons that's what I want to do um, and that was you know I was at odds with it too because I was thinking okay I'm shy I'm introverted how I don't you know I don't want people looking at me but hey voiceover no one's necessarily looking at you you don't have to memorize dialogue like like a play or anything or on camera and I like that I like that uh, it had the freedom of not being uh, typecast or held back because of your physicality or only cast because of your physicality it's like it's a different dynamic you mean it's 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 like just the purest form of acting in my opinion yeah I mean and that, that kind of leads me to my next question because um, just hearing from one of your panels earlier like you've always wanted to do voice acting oh totally yeah and what like I know you said like why voice acting but like you were there you didn't want to like direct or you just you wanted to be the voice that people heard totally Totally. And, you know, through the years, I've, I've obviously gotten the experience in 19 years now working in the industry and seeing all different facets, the adapting of the scripts, the directing, the producing, the audio mixing and all that. And it's all fascinating. And it's I, I'm very lucky to have witnessed all of that. But, yeah, my, my real passion lies in just being the, the guy on the other side of the booth who, who gets to come and play for a few hours. So, obviously, like, you've worked for a while in, in this industry. Um, I'm sure you've worked with some of like 
the best sports actors kind of everywhere, kind of in, in the States, from, you know, the Matthew Mercers to the Laura Baileys to, um, you know, the Chucks and the Lindas and all that stuff. Uh, what's been, like, your best experience, like, in a production? Wow. Um, I guess something that just meant a lot to me as a bucket list sort of thing is getting to work on a Disney movie and getting to, because I was Ryu in Street Fighter, getting to do a cameo in Wreck-It Ralph. And then, you know, even for the second one, they, they reused a sure you can scream from the first session. So I got to be in both movies. Yeah. And that that meant the world to me. That it's like not just any, you know, movie, but a really, really good one, a Disney film. And, you know, I got to skirt around the, oh, you have to be a big celebrity or a movie star to, to get to do that. And it's like, no, they, they actually got the voice talent for the for the characters. And that meant the world to me. Yeah, that's awesome. And I gotta ask you on the flip side, all, the, all these years, it has to be a not so fun experience. Um, you know, whether that's like losing your voice screaming while you're doing XYZ video game thing. Has there been like an experience where you, that like sticks in your mind is like, wow, that was not the most fun thing to do? Yeah, I mean, uh, recording on a game called Red Faction Armageddon, the actor Carl Weathers was directing the game. And he handed me a lozenge after I shook his hand and was geeking out over, you know, oh, well, it's Apollo Creed. You know, I remember you in Predator and Action Jackson in the 80s, and so cool to meet you. It's like, all right, you're gonna need one of these. It's like, really? Like, yeah, all your dialogue, you're a, a shouty soldier. Everything is to the top of your lungs. We're gonna need three takes of each one. Like, oh, two hours of that. My voice was shot. I had to voice Naruto the next morning, and they just canceled it. They said, your voice sounds totally shred, dude. Go, go heal up. That was rough. Yeah, that sounds that sounds rough. Um, so, me personally, I don't know a whole lot about. I mean, I've learned a whole lot over the over the weekend listening to all the panels and things like that. But can you like pull back the curtain? Like, what's like a common misconception about voice acting and voiceover that you know our listeners might not know about? Well, that they, a lot of people assume that we we uh, that we're all rich because of what we work on, and that is nothing further from the truth. We we have a lot of us have day jobs or supplemental income because. This is a freelance gig, you know. It's you're not covered by insurance necessarily, or you're responsible for more taxes than than the usual. It's really, really competitive. In fact, we we actually audition more than we work. Even the established folk, uh, you definitely have to be where the work is, depending on what your goals are in voiceover, like for cartoons, video games, commercials, and all that. I think the most opportunity lies in Los Angeles, even though there are other major cities across America and, and, and the world for commercial work and other things, but location-specific things like cartoons and anime, you know, just do some research on Google and you'll find out that you can't do everything from home nowadays. We've kind of talked about some like the roles that you, you've been in, but again, I just want to talk about Gohan a little bit. Uh, what is it like to be the voice of like one of the titular characters of the Dragon Ball series? Like, regardless of like what's happened to his character in like the last um, seasons, but your voice is recognizable his character is recognizable like, what is that like it's like literally a dream come true i started off as a fan in 95 and then fast forward to 2000 suddenly i'm on something i'm a huge fan of and i'm achieving a life goal of getting to do voiceover so i'm like oh my gosh this is this is great and i still pinch myself that i've i've, I've been a part of a property that to this day is, is its fandom is unending and now it's probably stronger than ever now because people that grew up watching the show are now grown and they're they're having kids and raising them 
uh, around these 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 tentpole properties, and yeah, it's it's really awesome to be a part of that. Yeah. So, what do you think about um, kind of like the direction of his character from back when you know when you first started to kind of like now and super? Like, are you hoping that they do more with his character um, to become more kind of like that lead role that it was kind of getting into when we we're kind of going through like the Mystic Gohan phase and everything? I really hope that we do see Gohan's full potential realized. I feel he was kind of given the, the short end at the end of the Boo Saga and, and ever since. You know, he's, he's, he's got a, a nice contribution to the Tournament of Power arc in, in Super, and I'm very, very thankful for that. But I really hope that, you know, we've established him as a great father figure and, you know, a hard worker. He's obviously very smart because he's studied and everything, but I think he offers a lot to the to the Z Fighter squad and, and definitely needs to be out there protecting the earth and, and whatnot. Yeah, so what do you think it is about like the character of Gohan? Um, like and like your kind of contribution to the character of Gohan that like even though we've had all these things, people don't like the Great Saiyan Man. I love the Great Saiyan Man. I think it's highly underrated. But like what do you think is like that connecting piece to Gohan that keeps fans still so in love with him despite you know his kind of up and down roller coaster kind of character development? Well, I think he is multi-layered, and that makes it much more fun to play. Like, he's not just a nerd, or he's not just a big, strong guy. He's got those facets, you know? Again, it goes back to him being a father, a parent, a husband, a very smart, hardworking guy who's, you know, his mom pounded into him that he had to study and all that stuff and take a different route than Goku. So he's got those facets to him, but he's also this really, really strong one that that could definitely hold his own. Kind of moving um, away from that a little bit, um, just to kind of talk about pop culture in general. So, um, from your panels, you know, I, I've heard like all of you, you're a horror fan, you're a, you know, you and your wife like binge stuff on Netflix and, and, and all those things. So, what kind of aspects of pop culture are you, you know, super ingrained in outside of like kind of like the anime and like cartoon world? Like, what are your kind of go tos um, at the end of, you know, a long recording session? Uh, just love catching up on a lot of TV shows. You know, we're loving uh, what we do in the shadows on FX. is a hysteri hysterical mockumentary about vampires from the Middle Ages trying to adjust to life in modern-day New York. It's really hysterical. It's actually based on a movie from New Zealand and the makers of it behind it. Uh, one of them, Taika Waititi, directed Thor Ragnarok, and he has a big hand in this series. And it, it's a blast. We love watching... Uh, you know, Preacher, a lot of live action uh, stuff, uh, checked out Black Summer, another zombie show that's a short eight episode burst that we really enjoyed. Uh, we love, I love social media, I love playing video games, I love uh, just kicking back and relaxing, I love reading comic books. What are you reading, like what's, what's, what's on the docket as soon as uh, you hit the plane today? Oh my gosh. Uh, I'm reading the new run of Conan, or Conan, on uh, Marvel. Uh, I'm enjoying the new run of Venom. That's really good. I like Justice League Dark from DC. Uh, interested to see what they do with a lot of the one-shot stuff. Like, here's Savage Avengers, which features like Wolverine and, and Venom and some other people in, some, uh, in Avengers-type roles and all that and I love Saga from Image I think Saga is an amazing book yeah I mean those are all it's, it's a wide variety of uh, to cover all of your faces 
So DreamCon is in its second year now, and me personally, we, we've uh, we've been to you know the Paxes and the Twitch Cons and the Bliss Cons of the world. So this is definitely way way different in terms of like scope and scale and kind of demographics. So I, I'm just curious about your thoughts about the um, convention um, and kind of its makeup and how it's kind of shaped up for you this weekend. Well, as someone who's through the years been at things the gigantic size of San Diego Comic Con or Anime Expo, where there's a hundred thousand plus people under one roof. I definitely say I prefer the, the more intimate experience of a smaller show, uh, and, and DreamCon has a fantastic feel about it. It's a great venue. The people are wonderful. It's a chance for those in the industry to, to come hobnob with, with the fans, and because we're fellow fans too, we're, we're geeks ourselves, and it's, it's a great chance to, to be a part of this community, and, and this is what it's really about, where people get to escape you know, reality. If, if, if only just for a weekend, for a few hours, and uh, it's, I wouldn't trade it for the world, something like this. Uh, the, I, I wish there were more dream cons, you know? It's like, to have that more hands-on approach to take the time with, with people instead of just sign an autograph and, and go and like herd them like cattle and all that. This is much more laid back, and I definitely prefer this experience. Yeah, um, so, so, so do we. Um, and one of the biggest things that I love about this convention is just kind of like the diverse landscape um, of people. Yes. Is this something similar to like you've experienced before in terms of, to be honest, just like the amount of people of color, the sizes, the ages. Um, it's just really different compared to like, you know, a PAX South or something like on the East Coast. Is, is this yeah. something you're familiar with? Seeing, uh, it's definitely a more diverse crowd, and I love seeing that because I'm, I'm used to reading about it or hearing about it in social media. But seeing that represented in person is so much more impactful. And it, it makes me more proud to be a fan when you see all the fandoms of, of whatever, whether it's wrestling or anime or, or gaming or whatnot, that different people that you may not necessarily associate to, to be fans are showing and wearing their, their, their fan flag proudly. It's really cool to see, and I hope to see more of it. Yeah, so like you... So, you know, I am, you know, 20, 25, and when I was, like, in middle school and, you know, high school, um, this wasn't as, like, popular. Now we're, we're, we're around lots of people around our age here who were, you know, like, kind of closeted, you know, anime fans. Yeah. Do you think, like, that landscape has shifted? Do you think that, like, things like Dragon Ball Z's being so popular still today kind of contributes to that and why you see such a big crowd, more, you know, younger base crowd at a lot of these conventions kind of yeah. not afraid to let their geek flag fly I think the aesthetic of conventions and fandom and things like the Marvel movies have made being a nerd or a geek mainstream and it's a good thing it's not a bad word you know before you didn't see as many women for example at these conventions uh, and it's great to see that more evened out and people of all different orientations or genders and, and Again, people that you would not necessarily associate with it are just like, hey, cool. And you're seeing more commonality between different cultures and different different people of different backgrounds. And I like seeing that common ground. There people come to a, a con to to make friends or hang with friends and this 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 opens the scope so much wider. Thank you. Yeah, that was super well said, Kyle. Uh, we just have a couple more questions for you. Um, just kind of like along on the same line, like what is like your message to like the geek community? Like if you can tell them one thing um, to kind of get out of our conversation today, like what would that be? I know it's a very loaded question. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Um, 
I think it's important to remember that no matter who you are or where you are, be yourself. Don't be afraid. We know that there's a there's a lot of of forces out there that are negative and, and maybe holding you back from, from whatever circumstance and all that. But remember, there are thousands upon thousands of people that have your back. No matter what circumstance you're going through, you are not alone. And you know, through social media, through fandom communities online and at the convention level, uh, we're able to go out there and, and uh, show our love for one another in all different forms. And remember, you are special, you are loved. Kyle, I can't think of any other way to finish off our, our short letter interview today. Thank you so, so much. Thank uh, you. Where can the people find you? I am at Kyle Abear on Twitter, at Kyle Abear on Instagram. Facebook.com slash Kyle Abear VO. And that last name is spelled H E B E R T. Spelled like Hebert, but pronounced like A Bear. Oh no, A Bear is attacking me. And KyleAbear.com is my website too, but I'm super active on social media. I also have a stream, a weekly stream, on an app called Unlocked. It's a live video pop culture stream where voice actors, artists, creators, and curators are able to interact with fans on camera. And uh, it's a live video chat. I do my video chats each Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Unlocked. And that app is available on iOS and Android. That is great. Um, I'm, we're definitely going to put all this in our show notes. This way everyone can find you on literally everything that you're doing. It seems like a lot. Um, you can find the podcast and our website at But Why Though PC on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, you know, just about everything at this point. And you can find uh, me on Twitter at SuperReese93, S-U-P-E-R-R-U-I-Z 93. Kyle, thank you again so much, man. This has been a blast. Thank you. Thanks for having me.